You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Good morning. It's great to see all you guys here today. Um, We're finishing up a brand new series this morning called Asking for a Friend. And so far in this series, what we've looked at is we, we opened this series up looking at why there's evil and suffering in the world. And not only the, the reason that there's reasoning or the reason that there's evil and suffering, but also the purposes of that and how God can use that. And then last week, Pastor Daniel talked about the, the authority of scripture and how we can trust that as God's word. And this week, we're going to hit something that is a, a very debated topic in the United States and frankly all around the world. And we're going to talk about the sanctity of life this morning. And what I want to do is I want to show you the, the truth from Scripture of why life matters. And as we, as we walk through this, I want you to understand this morning that God cares about you. God cares about you. God made you. And as we, as we go through this, we're going to see how he's, how he specially made human life and what that looked like at creation and what that means for us today. And before we jump into that, I just want to, I want to let you know that there's a, there's a guy named Robert Driggers, no relation to me. He's a pastor in the Augusta Baptist Association. And right now he's got double pneumonia and COVID-19 and he's on a ventilator down at university, but he sat on the board to vote us in as a new church. So what I want to do is before we get started, I just want us all to to join together and pray for him. Um, He's an older gentleman. He's got a a wife and kids that are grown and they're all there at the hospital and uh, we're getting updates every so often, but it doesn't look very good. So we just want to call out to God that he does what only he can do. And if it's time for uh, Dr. Robert to go home that his family's comforted. Uh, they have the strength and the peace that only God could give. So if you would join with me as we pray for him this morning. God, we come to you because you are the great healer. God, we pray that you touch Brother Robert. God, we pray that you touch his lungs and that you strengthen them and that the the pneumonia and the virus that you can drive those out of his body but God if it is your will that his work here on earth is done God I pray that you comfort his family God I pray that they find comfort and peace and strength in the fact that brother Robert did your work God and that his eternal home is with you So God, as much as we want His body to be healed, God, we pray that Your will be done. God, and we pray that we trust in that. God, we know that You're in control. And we praise You for that. We give You honor and glory for that this morning. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to jump into this. And I don't want you to get the idea or the feeling that I'm telling you that maybe your precious uh, pet cat that you have at home isn't important, okay? 
because as we go through this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain to you why human life holds more value than any other life form. And I know that if you have a really good relationship with your pet, maybe that's hard to believe, but I want you to know this morning that we are different than other life forms. So what is the sanctity of life? So I think it's important for us, first and foremost, to understand what we mean by sanctity. So I just want to give you a quick definition of sanctity, and it's simply the quality of being holy, sacred, or set apart. Holy, sacred, or set apart. So what I want to argue this morning from Scripture is that the human life is sacred and set apart from any other life form. And it's not just me saying this. I'm going to show you the reason. I want to give you four quick points this morning about the sanctity of of life. And number one is this, God made human life in His image. God made human life in His image. We see that in Genesis 127, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. There's no other life form recorded in scripture that says it was created or made after the image of God. Only the human life. He didn't create the plant life after his own image. He didn't create the the stars and the moon and the sun after his own image. We're taught that man was made after the image of God. And if God is holy and God is sacred and God is set apart, by extension, because we're made in His image, that would set us apart as well from other life forms. But it goes a little deeper. In Genesis 2, 7 it says, Then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Let me try to paint this picture for you. God created man from dust. Man was not alive. And then God breathed life into man. We were made alive by the breath of God. Human life is set apart. Human life is something different than other life forms. That's why we, we say that there's a sanctity of life. Because we're made in the image of God and it didn't stop there, but He breathed life into us. Man, and that's something special. And that gets me excited. Every single human being born has the breath of God breathed into them. So, if you've ever had a baby, man, it's weird. Uh, I've seen a lot more than I ever wanted to see when it comes to giving birth to babies. But one of the cool things is when the baby's born and the doctor or the nurse takes the little sucky thing and like sucks their nose and then they kind of gasp and take that first breath. And then we're told that God breathes that breath of life. And that's, that's exciting, but it's very informative and telling for us this morning that human life is set apart. 
So number one, God made human life in his image. Number two is this, God alone owns the right to give and take away life. God alone owns the right to give and take away life. And we're told all throughout Scripture that thou shalt not murder, don't kill. And we, we kind of get that, we understand that, but let me give you just some three quick verses. Exodus 19.5 says, Now therefore... If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be treasured, possession among all peoples. And then God says this, for all the earth is mine. So by extension, if God owns the entire earth, he owns human life as well. So God is the owner of life. Deuteronomy 32, 39 says, See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God beside me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. So God is the not just the author of life, not just the owner of anything, but he alone owns the right to give and to take away life. It's, it's not our right to do so. We don't give it. It's not ours to take away. God alone owns that right. And God knows. He knows the bigger plan. He knows stuff that we don't know. Can I get an amen on that? And it would be awesome sometimes in our brains if we could just know a little bit more. Can you just tell me a little bit more? Can you just give me a little bit more? We don't know the whole plan. But He does. And his sovereignty and his love and his greatness, he alone owns the right to give and to take away life. Psalm 139, 16 says, Your your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So even before my life, God knew exactly the trajectory and the path of my days. And the same is true for you. Even before there were any of them, even before there were any of the days, even before life started for me or for you, God already knew the path and the trajectory of your life. And sometimes I wish I knew like the path of, of my kids and what they were going to do, the decisions that they were going to make. And I, I don't know that. But I know the one that does. And I know that he can guide them along way better than I ever could. But God owns the earth. The entire earth is his, including human life. He created human life. He's the author of human life. Therefore, he alone owns the right to take it away. But it's not just life as we sit here. He knows before we're even born. And I, I want us to transition briefly into the, the concept and the, the idea of abortion. And I want to give some statistics on abortion, and then I want us to look at Scripture 
to see what Scripture says about that. So really quick, you can see the statistics here. 62 million abortions in America since 1973. 62 million. There's about 2,500 abortions every day, about 100 abortions every hour, and about one abortion every 35 seconds. And one of the biggest arguments for abortion is what if uh, someone is violently or uh, just unwillingly impregnated? So what if they're raped? Or what if it's by someone that, you know, they're related to and it's incest? And I just want to point out the truth to you this morning that it's less than 1% of the time that that's the case for abortions. I heard a pastor say that a lot of times abortion is just out of inconvenience for the mom. And that is, the, that is certainly the case at times. And sometimes maybe people just don't know the truth. Maybe they don't, they don't think that abortion is really a sin. They don't really think that abortion is taking a life. Maybe they're encouraged. They're really young and they're encouraged by someone else to get that done. But I want to go a step further here and give you some statistics on the actual fetus inside the womb. It says the heartbeat can be heard at six weeks. The head is recognizable at 10 weeks. The sex is determinable at 16 weeks. The ears can hear sound at 18 weeks and the eyes open at 26 weeks. This is inside the womb. And this is a delicate topic. And I, I just want us to be honest and truthful this morning from Scripture and understand, first of all, that life is sacred because it was made in the image of God. And that God alone owns the right to give that life and to take it away. And the question then becomes, well, when does life begin? So if God owns the right to give life and to take it away, when does it begin? And in Jeremiah 1.5, which is a very popular verse, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I anointed you a prophet to the nations. Psalm 139.13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. So it would, it would be wise of us to understand that God is in the... Let me just give you point number three. God is intimately involved in the forming of human life. In the womb, God is intimately involved. We see that before we were even considered, before we were even thought of, that God knew that God was already in the, in the planning phase of our life. He already knew. So inside the womb, God is intimately involved. And this is one of my favorite verses in Luke. We're going to read verse 41 and 44. It says, And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit. Verse 44 says, For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. We have to understand this morning that even inside the womb, the baby is made in the image of God. 
Even inside the womb, God is working. God is doing what only he can do. And we read these statistics that, man, at this time the baby can see, at this time the baby can hear, at this time. And you may, man, you may be thinking, well, what if the baby is going to be disabled or have a disability? And, man, we see all through Scripture that God uses people just like that. And you may say, well, what if, what if the mom is endangered by giving birth to this baby? And again, that is a very low percentage of abortions. But if that is the case, then we have to believe that God has a plan in that situation. Because God alone has the right to give and to take away life. And He's intimately involved with forming human life inside the womb. So that would lead us to to believe and declare this morning that abortion is taking a life. And we have to be honest and we have to be truthful about that this morning. And as, as sad as these numbers are, and I mean over 60 million abortions since 1973 just in America about one abortion every 35 seconds and as sad as that is it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be that way and maybe you've been there yourself I don't know your personal stories I don't know what you've what you've gone through I don't know if you've ever uh, experience that decision where you had to decide and maybe you decide that you were better off without a baby at the time of your life. Maybe you've encouraged someone else to get an abortion because you didn't think they were ready. Maybe you're thinking about that now and you're wrestling with that. And I want you to know, first off, we have to understand that that's taking a life. I mean, we have to get that. We have to agree on that. But then we have to know that God's grace is bigger than any decision that we can make. So if you've made that decision, or you're thinking about that decision, or you've encouraged someone else, I want you to know that God's grace is greater than that. And if, if you talk to women, and there was a survey done by the Barner Group, and the Barner Group is one of my favorite groups to read surveys from they surveyed about a thousand women who had had abortions and 93 percent of those women were living in guilt and shame from that decision and I, I can't imagine that guilt and shame but I do know this that God can take that guilt and shame away So if you're living with any of that this morning, I want you to know that God's grace is enough. That God's grace is sufficient. That God's grace is bigger. We celebrate that. We sang about it this morning that Jesus paid it all. Jesus already paid for that decision for you. 
Number four is this. God deeply values human life. God deeply values human life. John 3.16, we see that God loved the entire world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should have eternal life. That's love. That's value. He values human life. And then in 1 John 1, 3, it says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. We're children of God. He values human life. And we talk about this a lot and the two greatest commandments that we see is to love God with all you are and then to love people. And that's for a reason. It's because God values human life. And as Christians, as little Christ, as Christ followers, our job is to value human life as well. And do we value human life? So let's, let's transition away from the abortion topic for a minute because a lot of times we can agree in a setting like this that abortion's wrong. So we can say, yeah, we value life, but then we treat people like poop. So do we really value human life? It doesn't stop. It's not just, hey, I'm against abortion, so I value human life. Well, you value one aspect of human life, but what about the rest of human life? God doesn't stop. Our job and our responsibility and our duty as Christ followers is to value people. It's to love people. And we have to get to a place in our life where we value human life. And it's difficult sometimes. Man, I heard a, I heard a pastor say that when Osama bin Laden was killed, that Americans celebrated the death. Because we could all agree that someone that evil was better off not being on earth. But then that pastor said something that made me start thinking. And he said, how sad is it that the enemy can twist someone so much that their value as a human, as a human being is no longer accepted? It should be a solemn time when human life perishes. Because God's ultimate goal is for no man to perish. He wants everyone to come to a repentance and a saving knowledge. And that should be our goal and our desire as well. We should value life. We should love people. And we see a huge division going on right now in America. And and it's political, it's racial, it's women against men. I mean, there's a ton of division all around us. And I want you to hear me this morning. That we're called to live in unity with believers. 
that we're called to stand up when we see injustice. That we're called to speak out when we see something that's wrong. And do it in love. We don't always have to agree with everything that's going on, but we still value the the life of another human being. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't mean we have to be best friends with them. It means we value human life and that we preach the gospel to people that need it and that we pray for the lost and that we desire that no one dies without coming to repentance and a saving knowledge in Jesus. So my question for you this morning as we close is this. Do you value human life? My question for all of us this morning is do we really believe in the sanctity of life? Not just in terms of abortion, but in terms of living out life on a daily basis, do we believe in the sanctity of life? Do we believe in valuing other people? Do we love people? Are we serving people? Because here's the truth. God made human life in His image. God alone owns the right to give life and to take it away. God is intimately involved in the forming of human life inside the womb. And God deeply values human life. God deeply values human life. And our man, our purpose here at Impact is for people to know the love of God, to grow in God's love, and then to show God's love to the world. And we, we truly believe in all three of those aspects. That people need to know God's love. That they need to have a relationship with Him. That people truly have to make the decision to follow Jesus. And then they begin to grow in that. They begin to learn what Jesus teaches. They begin to act more and more like Christ. Because they get closer and closer to Him. The closer you get to somebody, the more you know them. And then the third part of that is to go out and show God's love to the world. To show God's love to the world. And God's love is that while we were still sinners, He died for us. God's love is that He values us so much that He paid the price. We see in 1 Corinthians, it says that we were bought with a price. And the price was the blood of Jesus. That's how much He loves us. So if we're going to show His love to other people, we must love in the same passionate, intimate way that He does. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. And I'm just going to pray over you guys this morning. I really want no one looking around. If you could bow your head and close your eyes, I'm seriously going to ask you two questions this morning. 
And I want you to be honest. You can slip your hand up. I just want to know how to pray for you. My first question to you this morning is for the one who maybe has never decided to follow Jesus. They've talked about it. They know about it, but they've never made the decision to truly do it. They've never made the decision to truly follow Jesus and to begin a relationship with Him. And if that's you this morning, if you've never made that decision, will you just slip your hand up for me? You can put it right back down. I just want to pray for you this morning. Thank you. My second question this morning is how many of you are living in guilt or shame from a decision that you've made and it doesn't have to be anything that we've talked about this morning just in general you're living in guilt and shame or pain or agony and you just can't seem to shake that this morning if that's you will you just raise your hand you can put it right back down thank you God I pray for each person in this room God, I pray for the one that doesn't know you as their personal Savior. God, I pray that today is the day of salvation for them. God, I pray that your Spirit is drawing them. God, and I pray that we can celebrate life eternal. God, I pray for the ones that said, yeah, you know what? I'm living life in guilt and shame or pain and agony. I just can't seem to shake it this morning. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that they lay that guilt and that shame and the pain and the agony down at your feet. God, I pray that they trust you enough to allow you to do work in their hearts, to allow you to do work in their life, to allow you to do work in the situation and the circumstance that surrounds them. God, I pray in your name that the chains of guilt and shame are are broken this morning. Jesus, thank you for paying it all. Thank you that we can come to you boldly this morning. God, thank you for each person in this room Thank you for their heart. God, thank you for their commitment. God, thank you that they choose on a Sunday morning to come and and lift you high and to praise and worship the name of Jesus. God, I pray that we become a people that truly values human life. God, I pray that we make such an imprint in this community that people say, hey, look at those crazy folks over there that just love people for no reason. But we know the reason. It's because you value life and because you call us to do the same thing. So God, help us be a people that serve, a people that love. And it's all because of you. It's to make an impact for your kingdom. It's so people can know your love. 
so people can grow in your love and then people can begin to show your love and it's just a continuous cycle of disciples making disciples making disciples God and there's a revival that takes place in our community that spreads all around the area that continues to spread and your your kingdom is expanded because you use faithful servants God, again, we give you the honor, the glory, and the praise for all things. As we leave this place, be with us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.